Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This podcast is brought to you by Ninja Mountain Bike Performance. To find mountain bike skills clinics in your area, go to ridelikeaninja.com. Hey everybody, welcome to the Single Tracks Podcast. My name is Jeff, and today Greg and I are going to be talking about affordable mountain bike destinations. For many of us, mountain biking is a lifelong sport, so that means that a retirement to the coast of Florida just isn't going to cut it. Back in 2016, Greg started a great discussion on the Single Tracks forums about the best mountain bike retirement locations. And we got a lot of responses to that really interesting conversation. And then Greg recently followed up with an in-depth article about truly affordable mountain bike towns. So today we're going to discuss his findings and talk about the challenges associated with keeping great mountain bike destinations affordable. So Greg, I kind of mentioned it in the intro, but how did this topic come up? What made you interested in searching for affordable mountain bike towns? So to go all the way back, about four years ago, I moved to the mountain town of Salida, Colorado. And while we made the move easily enough, after living here for a couple of years and starting to look around to buy a house, we were just struck by the difficulty of owning a home in a small, touristy mountain town. And at that time, we thought, hey, maybe there's somewhere else in Colorado that's more affordable. Like maybe we could move and save some money. But the short answer at the time was not really and definitely not for a mountain town of comparable quality to Salida. Everything else was just more expensive. Uh, so at that time, we got pretty lucky. We got a great deal and were able to buy a house. What were some of the other places that you guys looked at that were just too expensive at that time? Pretty much every other mountain town in Colorado. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, so I've done my own ex- pretty exhaustive cost of living research at that time. For those towns, we also looked at a couple of other towns that were on our short list when we were first looking at Salida, and those are more expensive than Salida too. One spot that piqued my interest, since we're also, basically it was decision time for us. We're like, all right, we're either going to double down and we're going to stay in Salida or we're going to go somewhere else. And at that time, you know, both Summer and I and my wife travel a lot for work, but my wife was traveling like a lot, a lot, like maybe twice a month, maybe more. And the trek to the airport was really long. So we looked at some big cities too. And the Salt Lake City area caught our attention um, as having a low cost of living. But other places in Colorado, even you know Denver and Front Range cities were, A, they weren't really any cheaper than Salida and B, they are actually a long ways from the mountains. So yeah, we dug into a bunch of different spots, but we didn't do a national level search, which is essentially what I did in this article. Yeah. And so, you know, you just mentioned Salt Lake City as being an affordable place. But for this article, uh, you weren't necessarily looking at cities, right? It was more focused on towns. Uh, what were your criteria for choosing these destinations? So the key criteria I used, I started with each town has to have 100 miles of bike legal single track within 25 miles of downtown 
as the crow flies. And that's sort of a radius that we've used for other destination type features and within the single tracks trail database. So I figured that 100 miles is a good starting point. And this town had to have at least one high quality bike shop and it had to be relatively town-like in population. Now that's sort of an ambiguous idea, but we did cut out some towns, for lack of a better word, that weren't very town-like. So either um, one that was really close to making the list but didn't make it was Kansas City just for sheer massiveness. Um, there are even some absolutely tiny spots that have names but had like population of 50 or 80 that were like, well, this isn't really a town. So right. we excluded those extremes and sort of tried to stay to the middle of the bell curve. But even in the middle of the bell curve, there's still a massive range of population on that list. After I – those are like the baseline criteria that each place had to meet. But then I analyzed key metrics related to cost of living for each place on my list. And I actually analyzed over 155 towns across the nation, partly just out of my own curiosity. Like I put a bunch of towns on that list like Aspen that I knew there would be no way I would make the most affordable list. But I wanted to see just on my own sick curiosity how like – ridiculously expensive they would be in comparison. So I looked at key metrics that included using a website called bestplaces.com and they have a cost of living index that they run on their site for all sorts of towns and the cost of living index brings in a bunch of factors, not just home price but things like healthcare, goods and services, all sorts of stuff. So I looked at that index 100 is average for the nation, and all the towns that made the list are actually below the national average, which is pretty wild. But I also looked at median home values on Zillow.com, as well as median list prices, sales prices, and other home values. The cost of living index numbers and the home value numbers generally track pretty closely, but sometimes there are divergences. So that's why I tried to bring in a few different numbers to give people ideas because you know one person might have different requirements than another based on you know how they analyze cost of living yeah well yeah and that's really interesting too because if you're looking at the sales price to list price uh, that can also give you an indication of how quickly costs are rising in an area uh, which you know what I think what we're gonna find too maybe as we talk more is that the affordable towns today are not the affordable towns of tomorrow, just like the towns that used to be affordable no longer are. So that's something I guess you can, you can sort of count on. So looking at all that data and all those different towns, were there any patterns that you found? Were there like certain regions that had more affordable mountain bike towns? Yeah, one pattern I identified is that overall the South uh, the southern U.S. has lower home prices and lower cost of living index than most places in the nation. I knew there was a good chance this could happen since I've lived in the South before, but some of them ones on the list turned out to be like ridiculously lower than expected and have all the key like mountain bike metrics that I was looking for too, like amazing riding and low cost of living. One thing I expected to have more of on the list but end up not having were towns in the Midwest. But for one reason or another, no true Midwestern towns made my top 10 list. A few made the honorable mentions, but it was a combination of cost of living being just high enough and mountain biking just being not quite great enough in a few of these towns for them not to make the list. 
the other thing, which maybe we'll dive into in a bit, is you know, I polled our readers on social media. I got like almost a thousand comments, I think, on Facebook on this question. But what people consider to be affordable towns, like sometimes they there were good recommendations, but most of the recommendations were still radically more expensive than the towns I identified. So I feel like I really uncovered some true diamonds in the rough in this list. Yeah, I guess cost of living and housing prices, it's all relative. So if you're asking somebody who lives in San Francisco or Manhattan, you know, where they think an affordable place is, it's going to be a lot different than, yeah, somebody living in Atlanta. Yeah, that's totally for sure. And the other thing is, you know, I was trying to do a top 10 list and I had 10 honorable mentions. So even some of the recommendations, they were pretty good. Um, but I was able to uncover some that were just radically more affordable than those. Yeah, that's great. So your analysis focused on real estate prices and also the cost of living index. Does this translate into the cost of visiting these places? Mountain bikers can easily blow two or 300 bucks a night on a hotel room in Aspen, but they're not going to spend nearly that much in, say, Copper Harbor, Michigan. Could any of these places be good choices for mountain bike tourists on a budget? You know, I was actually just grappling with this question a bit more this morning as I was um, prepping for this podcast. And it really depends on how you travel as a mountain biker and what you choose to spend your money on while you're traveling. So while it's true you could probably find cheaper hotel rooms in some of these destinations, there's no guarantee that you'd have a room that's reasonable rate and close to the trails because some of the towns on this list are you know, relatively big towns, uh, Knoxville and Chattanooga come to mind. And, you know, even when I visit pretty big towns, I find that, yeah, there's cheap hotel rooms, but they might be 45 minutes from where I actually want to be. You know, they won't be downtown. They might not be on the nicer edge of town near a park where you want to ride. So that could be an issue. The other thing I've found being a mountain bike tourist myself on a low budget is that, Traveling on a low budget is more about mindset than the price of actually living in a destination. I think a good example is Crested Butte. You can easily spend a week mountain biking Crested Butte and many other great destinations and spend exactly $0 in that town if you want. To do that, all you need to do is go to that destination, do dispersed camping on forest service or BLM land, bring all of your food with you, cook it on your own. And fill up your gas tank before you get into town. (laughs) Whereas Crested Butte is really, really expensive to live. But a lot of the cities on this list, they don't necessarily have the access to uh, wide open federal public lands with free camping and things like that. So you could, it could be a very affordable town to live, but not correlate to being an affordable destination. Right. Yeah, that's a good distinction. You know, after this article was published and thinking about this topic more myself, you know, Initially, sounds like you came to it because you were looking for a place to live. And then there's also this discussion about people looking to relocate for retirement. But another use that I was thinking about for this is people who are looking for like a second home, you know, a vacation spot, mountain bikers. A lot of, a lot of people tend to do that. They like to find a place where they can have a second home and, you know, spend their weekends riding and this list really has some amazing deals. You know, it's almost affordable enough for a lot of people to get a second home that maybe, you know, wouldn't normally consider it. I think one of the first choices we're going to talk about is like Anniston, Alabama, where the average 
home price is like less than a hundred thousand. I want to say I could be wrong, but yeah, it just it seems like it could be really a useful list to a lot of people. Yeah, you know that's that's definitely valid, and the thoughts cross my own mind, but. One of the things that has driven up prices in a lot of mountain towns across the nation, including Salida, is people from, say, California or places where making a lot of money, cost of living is really high, who are able to snap up second homes. And, you know, you'll see in a lot of mountain towns that have inflated that there's a lot of angst against some second homeowners. So that's pretty, pretty controversial. And, uh, and you recently did an article, Jeff, about, you know, the downsides to, towns growing rapidly as mountain bike destinations. And I think there's definitely danger of unsustainable growth. You know, it's definitely a a complex topic. So as much as possible, when I actually like wrote the article, I tried to be like explain what's going on in each town, why it's rad, but not necessarily like draw any uh, conclusions about growth and how this article is going to impact it. But I think we can talk a little bit more about that in the podcast and give some more analysis on that point. So that's fun. Yeah. You bring up a really good point that second homes tend to inflate real estate prices. And again, this gets back to the thing I hinted at, which is that while these are affordable destinations right now, they won't stay that way uh, just because of the way the world works. So let's dive right into the list and go through your top 10 choices and talk a little bit about what makes these places so great and or affordable. So top of the list was Anniston, Alabama. And was this list ordered? It was ordered by the cost of living, right? So Anniston is going to be the cheapest place that we're going to talk about. Is that right? Yes, it was ordered by median home price as close as possible. And you know, we'll hit on some stats and some numbers in this podcast, but I tried to keep most of the numbers out of the podcast because that gets pretty boring to listen to. If you want to dive into the deep numbers, they're all available on the website and there's going to be more numbers for each of these towns. But yeah, this is roughly organized on ascending median home price. But like you said a bit before, Jeff, median home price in Anniston is pretty low. Like it's currently 96000 which... That's low by anybody's standards right now, I think. Yeah. And you were talking about rate of growth, and Aniston isn't growing very fast in their median home price. And their sales price is not much higher than that. It's right around that number. So this is a town that hasn't, still hasn't taken off yet. Yeah. And Aniston is probably going to sound weird to some people. Maybe it's not a familiar name, but a familiar name should be Coldwater Mountain, which is located in Anniston or near the town of Anniston. And it's a huge trail project that's been in the works for some time. They're still developing the trails, but they're being developed primarily as a tourism draw, right? That's my understanding. You know, there's currently 35 miles of high quality, like well-built trail and cold water mountain that are totally rideable from downtown. Uh, But there's over 120 miles of trails in total within that 25 mile radius. So Coldwater Mountain is just like the newest development, the most mountain bike specific development. And it's going to be, you know, the trail that really makes or breaks your decision. Right. Okay. Next on the list was Butte, Montana. And this is a surprising one because it's not in the Southeast. It's in Montana where most people would assume they're excellent trails and, you know, it's not, not an easy place to live. So What did you find out about Butte, Montana? Why do you think that place is so affordable? 
Yeah, Butte is sounds really rad. I've not spent much time there yet, but I talked with Bob Allen, who is a mountain bike hall of famer, founder of the Mountain Montana Mountain Bike Association. He says there's over 300 miles of just amazing single trek in the area, including the Continental Divide Trail, bike parks, in town trails, some great stuff. So, you know, what's interesting about Butte is that it's one of the towns on this list where there where the cost of living index and the median home price don't track very closely. So the cost of living index is actually one of the highest on this top 10 list. Mm. It still comes in below the national average, but the median home price is only 125000 So yeah, there's definitely some divergence there. One thing, as we'll see a little bit later on this list, is that some of these, a lot of these towns have maybe a reason why they haven't taken off as much as other nearby towns. One situation with Butte is that it's actually home to the largest Superfund site in the United States due to its mining past. Now, Superfund is basically a cleanup of toxic mining waste. And the Berkeley Pit is a massive open pit copper mine that's no longer active, but it's filled with highly acidic water. So you know, there's definitely some environmental issues going on in Butte. Hmm. How much that actually affects the residents, I don't you know, not really clear on that. Right. Well, yeah, you make an interesting point too, that cost of living can be really high in some of these places that are more remote because obviously it's more expensive to bring in goods and services. uh, So that's going to raise the cost of living, whereas the real estate may not be that expensive. So it's a really good point to make. Yeah. So when you consider that, you know, it definitely depends on like what your metric is. Like, can you, are you worried about having an expensive house? Are you worried about like ongoing costs? You know, really depends on each person's stage in life. So that's why I tried to put as many like different numbers in there as possible. So people could make decisions based on, you know, where they're actually at. Right. Yeah. Good point. It's about wealth and income. Those two can often be very different. Next up on the list is Pocatello, Idaho. And this one again is another one in the West that has quite affordable real estate prices. What'd you find out about Pocatello? And this place, I had heard rumors about it and I started digging into it for this article. And man, this seems like a true gem on the list. As far as I can tell, there's hundreds of miles of mountainous single track rideable from downtown. And they even have pretty easy access to a ski resort nearby, uh, which for instance, Butte, it's over 45 minutes to the closest ski resort here in Pocatello. It's like 15 or 20, which is very reasonable. So why isn't it better developed is a question I keep asking myself. It's actually a town of 55,000, so it's not very small, but it's still pretty affordable. As far as I can tell, and I'm not a local, I've never been there. So, you know, as far as I can tell, it's pretty isolated, but it's also overshadowed by other really hot, but like well-known destinations like Jackson Hole and the greater Whitehoe area are within like, I want to say an hour, just over an hour from Pocatello. So I wonder if in some ways those areas got all the hype, but the locals, you know, the locals still head to Pocatello to ride mountain bikes early and late season, even from Jackson Hole. Uh, One other factor that I did notice, you know, this is a mountain biking list, but skiing doesn't seem to be great near Pocatello. While the closest um, ski resort, Pebble Creek, is, you know, it's not far. It's pretty small and only gets 250 inches a year on average. Um, if you compare that to nearby Jackson Hole, which is often ranked as one of the best resorts in the world, Jackson gets 450 inches a year. 
and Grand Targhee gets 500. So, you know, it doesn't have the skiing going for it, but if you're just focused on biking, it's, you know, sounds pretty rad. Yeah. And again, we're seeing a lot of ski resorts embracing mountain biking more, you know, partially due to just climate change issues with, you know, not getting great snow like they have in years past and stuff. And so again, this is, this is just a snapshot, you know, Pocatello and all the places on this list are affordable right now. They're under marketed, but that could be changing as more and more people shift to mountain biking and that becomes a bigger tourism driver. Coming in at number four on our affordable list is Knoxville, Tennessee, and this is back in the Southeast. So that definitely plays a role in the affordableness. What's going on in Knoxville? It's kind of surprising that there are so many trails there. Yeah, there's a lot of trails in Knoxville, including some ridiculously rad ones. So they've actually had a pretty big influx of money from various grants, including the Bell Built Grant. I know that's when Knoxville came onto my radar. They got like I want to say like a hundred thousand or fifty thousand, uh, but they built a rad black diamond gravity line in basically downtown Knoxville um, in their urban wilderness area. It's called Devil's Racetrack. Look it up. It We got some photos on the site. looks pretty sick. But there's even – as there's a bunch of other trails in town, Knoxville. But even as you head outside, you hit um, downhill parks like Windrock. And I want to say the was it the Pro GRT downhill race was just held there like this past weekend or something. And uh, – I mean, all the big names are racing there at this downhill spot right outside of Knoxville. So yeah, Nico Malali runs the place basically. So tons of cred. Yeah, this place is blowing up onto the scene. From I mean, at least in my perception, sort of out of nowhere. I'm sure it's all again perception. I'm sure the locals there have been building for a long time. That's how it seems to go. Is like the locals work and work and work and for these big places, they end up blowing up onto the scene in a big way. So as for why it's affordable, again, I think it's just a Southern influence at play. But in my research on home prices in Knoxville, it seems like the market in Knoxville is growing fast. Zillow rates it as a hot market. So pretty like the median home price right now is pretty decent, but you know, your list price, average list price and average sales price are going to be higher. Yeah. And Knoxville is one of the larger towns on this list. I mean, it's a city really. And so there are a lot of obviously economic factors at play, you know, tourism. I mean, even for the really small ones here is not a huge influence. So it's not as if mountain bikers are the ones driving up prices, but it definitely can, can be a factor depending on the size of the town. Sticking within the state of Tennessee, next on our list, we have Chattanooga. And Chattanooga is a place I've ridden a fair amount. I think you have too, Greg. Um, and it's definitely a lot of great riding there. What's going on in Chattanooga? Yeah, you know, we we're both stoked on Chattanooga, having been there quite a bit. And the trail development is just great. You know, there's over 100 miles of trail, um, again, within our radius from downtown. But they aren't stopping anytime soon. After the article was published, I got an email back from uh, folks in Chattanooga. And they said they've got like... I want to say nine or 10 miles they're going to finish up this year, new miles out at Enterprise South, but they're possibly looking to put in a downhill park within 15 minutes of downtown. So maybe they're wow. playing off of, uh, you know, Windrock's success up in Knoxville. So, and then we're 
you know, Asheville's not on this list. It's too expensive, but they have a relatively newish downhill park there too. So it seems like downhill mountain bike parks are growing in the Southeast, which is pretty wild. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we'll continue with Roanoke, Virginia. Stay tuned. Are you ready for a big boost in your riding confidence? Learn everything from the fundamentals of mountain biking to advanced skills, including how to accelerate through corners, how to ride drops and steep transitions with ease, or finally learn how to jump. Events scheduled throughout the U.S. Use promo code SINGLETRACKS at checkout for 50% off any clinic, camp, or adventure. Check out RideLikeAninja.com to find an event near you. That's RideLikeAninja.com. And don't forget to use promo code SINGLETRACKS for 50% off. We're back. Another Southeast pick on this list is Roanoke, Virginia. And again, this is a fairly, fairly good sized city that also has great mountain biking. Yeah, I was actually surprised that Roanoke made this list. I pegged it as a trendy city with a growing hipster culture and rising (laughs) home prices. And yeah, it is. It is all those things. But the overall median home price is still just $145,000. So it's still pretty dang affordable. I even looked at a number of other towns in that greater area and there's a the whole region is actually pretty affordable. But Roanoke is definitely the the marquee mountain bike spot in that region. Yeah, I remember when I was living in Colorado Springs and we were looking at moving back east, came across some website, maybe it was a blog, I don't know, but somebody was touting Roanoke, Virginia as the Colorado Springs of the East and I think there are a lot of things that make it really similar and cost of living at that time was one of them. You know, Colorado Springs was relatively affordable. It's a decent sized town and it's got the mountains to the west of the town. So what are, what are some of the standout trails and rides around the Roanoke area? Yeah, I definitely want to point out that we've listed a lot of Southern towns, but Roanoke, it's, it's legit right up next to the mountains. Like big Blue Ridge Mountains, you know, the Appalachian Trail, not bike legal, but runs close to town. It's one of the best known segments of the Appalachian Trail is actually right outside of Roanoke. So we're talking big mountains for the east. So some of the key trails, Carvin's Cove is probably one of the best conceived trail systems just about anywhere. It's actually on city land uh, just outside of town. I mean, there's big gnarly lines, there's easy trails, but it's a very complex trail system with all kinds of options. Uh, another one that comes up often is a trail that goes by a few different names like North Mountain and Dragon's Back, but it refers to the same trails. And these are legit backcountry Appalachian riding, like tough riding, big rocks, like steep up, steep down. Uh, I've ridden it and it was challenging, but oh, so worth it. So yeah, um, I think Roanoke is really a standout choice on this list. Yeah, definitely a cool place to visit. We used to drive there from Durham, North Carolina, because it wasn't a a bad drive for a day trip, and the single track is excellent, as you say. Moving on to number seven, we're back out west. This time we're in the Pacific Northwest, if you want to call it that, with Oak Ridge, Oregon. And Oak Ridge is a destination that doesn't need a whole lot of introduction, but it is surprising to see it on this list of affordable towns. Yeah, you're right, Jeff. I'm, I was actually pretty shocked at, at how it landed on this list. Out of all 10 towns on this list, I think this is the only one that's actually hit our destinations list independent of any other considerations just because the riding is just that good. It's like one of the best 
spots to mountain bike in the nation. It's it's excellent. You know, there's 300 to 400 miles of trails in the area, depending on where you draw that circle. Quality of the trail is absolutely incredible, and the locals are building and doing an amazing job of maintaining it. Uh, but this is actually the smallest town that I included on this list. The population is just 3,200, and there's really very few amenities there, even though it does have a bike shop and one brew pub. So for the right person to live here, you really have to be the right person to live here, I want to say. you know, I grew up in a small town smaller than this, so I could easily conceive of it. But for a lot of people, being this isolated could be difficult to deal with. Yeah, I could see this changing, though, pretty quickly in the next few years, especially with the proximity to California. You know, a lot of people are aware of it as an awesome place to ride. And I could see a lot of people, you know, either retiring or buying a second home there or, you know, just deciding they want to quit the rat race and they're going to go live in Oak Ridge. So hopefully we're not we're not blowing up the town here, you know, giving away all the secrets. But I would not be surprised if Oak Ridge really started to grow in the next few years. Yeah, I'm with you, Jeff. I was actually amazed at how how it hasn't grown yet. I thought it would have, but apparently not yet. But I would I would say soon. Yeah. At number eight on our list, we're in Colorado for Canyon City. And Canyon City's not too far away from you, Greg. I guess Salida wasn't affordable or is no longer affordable, right? So you had to move down the road a little bit? Yeah, no, Salida was nowhere close to making this list. And I tried really hard to find a town in Colorado to include, not quite sure why, probably my Colorado bias, but I was pretty surprised to find uh, Canyon City. Like I found a few other spots in Colorado that were close, but like missed our list. Like they might not have had a bike shop or they might not have had quite enough population to be a town. But Canyon City, I was actually surprised at how affordable it came in and that it had enough trails. But a lot of the trail development there is pretty new, like within the last five years, like since I moved to Colorado, meaning that this area I think is really an up and comer on the Colorado scene. You know, one thing that might be keep, there's a few things that could be keeping it affordable. Um, One is it's not quite in the legit mountains, it's more accurately accurately classified as front range. Like it's basically between Salida, which is up in the mountains, and Colorado Springs, about halfway. So it's right up next to the mountains. Uh, but it's very dry and deserty there. So we're not talking like high alpine riding. It's definitely a different vibe. And there's also a bunch of prisons in Fremont County where Canyon State is located, including the infamous ADX Florence Supermax, and it houses some of the nation's most infamous criminals like the leader of the 1993 World Trade Center attacks, the Unabomber, the Oklahoma City bomber, and a bunch of big-name people. <laughs> Why that is an issue? Because they're in prison? I'm not really sure, but every time you talk to somebody about Canyon City, they're like, oh, I don't want to live near the prison. So, <laughs> Well, right. If there's a prison escape, you know, you're going to be the first one to know about it because these guys are going to be running through your yard. Nobody wants that. <laughs> I guess not. But you can buy a pretty affordable house there if you're willing to deal with it and have access to some 140 miles-ish of trail within 25 miles of town. So. Yeah, I think I think you're right, though. I mean, there are some things going against it. It's one of those places that I've driven through many times and – the prison, it, I mean, there's one, I think it's a historical one now, maybe it's still in use, but there's one that's like right on the road, you know, it's it's this big, like, gross looking prison that's like right in town, right across from the train depot, like where all the tourists 
get on the train to go to the Royal Gorge. And so, yeah, I, I just, whenever I hear Canyon city, I associate it with prison and prisoners. And, and it's also, you described it as front range. You know, it's almost like foothills. I mean, it's, it's basically in a Canyon, you know, that's where the river comes, comes out. And, uh, despite being there on the river, it's like really, it's really dry and rocky and yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't look very habitable if that's a word, but yeah, but it's cheap. So you can, you can go there and mountain bike a lot. Yeah. I've actually been riding there a good bit each of the past few winters. Like it's a great resource to have just an hour and 15 minutes or so from Salida. And, uh, one thing I've realized just recently is how if Kansas City is really interesting, it feels super busy and congested and not pleasant. Um, on the main strip through town if you're just driving through. But I've done a few just road rides out of downtown. And it's like within five minutes of pedaling, it's like rural and quiet and you're like way off the beaten path. So it's a yeah, it's a strange place. But um, if you can look past some of the, the issues, I think it could be a winner for a few people. Yeah. And if you're looking for a job like working in a prison, there's a lot of those there. I mean, we don't talk about the job situation, but that's important to people. I mean, just because a place is affordable, that doesn't mean they can just pull up stakes and go move there. You know, most of us need to have a place of employment. And so, yeah, it's important, important to have that stuff and to know what the job situation, what the industry is in each of these towns. We're getting near the end of our list. We're at number nine, which is Ogden, Utah. And Utah is another place that is famous for great mountain biking. You know, you've got Moab and Park City and St. George and all these great places. What's Ogden like? What's the what's the deal with Ogden? Yeah, I'm not entirely hugely familiar with Ogden. I've been through there a few times. But if you want a town on this list that's not in the south, has decent population and access to plenty of industry and jobs, Ogden is going to be a great choice. I'm actually surprised the cost of living isn't uh, higher here. It's actually like lower than Salt Lake City, but closer to a bunch of the nearby mountains than Salt Lake is. It's uh, It seems like a pretty great setup. It's essentially, it's you know very much a city and it's essentially just another part of sprawling Salt Lake City, but there's hundreds of miles of trails, access to great ski resorts, uh, and a heck of a lot more. One thing that I've heard from a lot of Salt Lake locals is that the smog gets unbearable in that region in the winter due to inversion and relatively lax environmental regulations in Utah. But like I said at the intro, I consider Salt Lake City to be one of the best like major cities with a major airport in terms of access to the mountains. Like I, just, I don't know that you can beat it, honestly. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Like you said, Ogden, is it's a great place. It's kind of a front range city of Utah. And so you got great access to the mountains for biking and for skiing. So it seems like a great place and plenty of jobs. Cause again, you're part of that whole Salt Lake Metro area. So definitely a good place to check out. Finally, number 10 on our list is Bella Vista, Arkansas. And most of us by now have heard a lot about Bentonville, Arkansas. This is this is basically outside of Bentonville, right? So you still have access to all the great trails that are being built there. Yeah. I mean, you could literally pedal between the two on a paved, non-motorized greenway. So this is a bit of a cheater, but a lot of people chose Bentonville, but Bentonville is, 
uh, I guess due to you know the fact that Walmart is there and the fact that the profile is growing is uh, it's quite a bit more expensive than Bella Vista actually. So if you want to move to Northwest Arkansas and have access to all those great trails but save some money on your home price, uh, Bella Vista is the place to go. Uh, it's unique in that it's a new city. It was just incorporated in 2007. So really, Bella Vista doesn't have a downtown. It's more of like a collection of houses and strip malls and a couple churches and stuff like that. So if you really want a downtown, you know, that's not Bella Vista, but Benville is not far. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's a really great find because we tend to know the big names, but there are always uh, places outside of those larger cities that are going to be a little bit more affordable. You mentioned at the top of the episode that there were a number of honorable mentions included in your list, cities or towns that fit the criteria, but they weren't quite top 10 worthy. So what are some standouts from that list in your mind? Yeah, I think I already blew my big one, which is Kansas City. Um, Kansas City is a very low cost of living, uh, but over 130 miles of single track within 25 minutes of downtown, which is pretty wild for a city of that size in Kansas, wow. you know. Um, but we ruled it out mainly due to population size. Uh, there's uh, quite a few others that showed up in the Midwest. I mentioned before that the Midwest didn't really hit the list, but uh, places like Cable, Wisconsin, Marquette, Michigan, uh, Duluth, Minnesota. One that is also in Idaho, Salmon, Idaho. This is a really cool town that has been on my list to visit for a long time, but still haven't gotten there. And it's actually not horribly if, um, expensive. So made our 10 honorable mentions. Yeah, well, we've kind of hit on this, but you know, looking at the explosion in ski resort towns over the past few decades, we see this pattern where like formerly affordable places are becoming more popular, which causes prices to rise and a lot of times to really ridiculous levels. Like you mentioned with Aspen, you know, where even a condo is going to cost you a million bucks. So, you know, I recently wrote an article about how this is starting to happen, perhaps to some mountain bike destinations. Uh, talked a little bit about a place called Derby, Australia, where uh, they got some money to build some mountain bike trails. And then there's an Enduro World Series event held there. And as a result, people are finding that they can't afford to live in Derby anymore. And people are saying that they have to move away. And um, at the same time, the mountain bikers coming in are complaining about logging and things that, you know, had been going on there for a long time and had been employing people. And then also here in the U.S., we talked about Fruta, Colorado, where, again, we're seeing the home prices rise. We're seeing the employment shift a little bit, you know, away from these like manufacturing and uh, extraction businesses and shifting more toward tourism, people working in restaurants and service related activities. So I guess all that to say, or to build up to this question is in 10 years, do you think the places on this list will still be affordable or will we have an entirely new list to be talking about? Yeah, as I wrote this list, I considered the fact that I could definitely be outing some of these towns. Um, I think some of these towns, like you alluded to, are going to really blow up. Pocatello, I, that seems like a real gem. And 
why it's not blown up more, I'm not really sure. Ogden, you know, and the whole Salt Lake City area continues to grow. You can only see that getting more expensive. Canyon City is already blowing up. I think Canyon City has the biggest difference in the median home value versus median list price on the list. So, you know, while it made our list, it is on the Colorado wagon of rapid growth. Butte? That Butte is interesting. I would love to check out Butte more. Um, why? Because it's surrounded by a bunch of towns that have gotten very expensive, but it hasn't. So, you know, I can't imagine that's because people just don't know about it because it's on the interstate. So uh, I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah. One of the things I remember you wrote shortly after moving to Salida, you wrote an article. Let me see if I get the title right. It was like top 10 reasons not to move to Salida. And it was written tongue in cheek. It was really all about 10 reasons why you should move there. And you got some really serious comments from people, longtime residents, I'm guessing, who were not too stoked because you were letting out the secret, right? Has, have things changed in Salida since you've been there? Oh, man, Salida is just is, is so different, even than when I moved here four years ago. I mean, it is different and it's not. It's, it's growing rapidly. Like, there's people moving to town cost of living is soaring uh the just downtown traffic is radically different than when i moved here like four five years ago and you know whether or not that's a good thing i try not to pass too much judgment on it just because you can't control what people are going to do you know they're just gonna move and there's plenty of people that like that's their livelihood in salida like one of the true businesses outside of the tourism industry is building. And other than that, there's, there's not much, you know, so. Right. And you can't really shut the barn door behind yourself. I mean, you can't, you can't say, well, now that I'm here, nobody else should, should move here. But yeah, I'm also curious. I mean, doing this list where you, I don't know, are you thinking that one day you might move to a place that's more affordable or a place that's less on the radar as you know, the profile of Salida grows? Yeah, that's a tough question. That's something I've asked myself, you know, as I've looked at this list. And while on some level, you know, I think that's why I tried to include a bunch of different data for people to draw their own conclusions. Because, you know, people complain about the rising home prices, the rising uh, rents and different things in these mountain towns. But then the people who bought a house when they could afford one, they're pretty much set, you know? So Except for property taxes, those continue to rise. That's true. But property taxes actually in Colorado are not bad on the national scheme. Like I've talked to people who have moved from uh, my home state of Wisconsin, talked about property taxes that are like double, triple, more than that on houses that are not nearly as nice or not nearly as expensive. So Colorado's not too bad on that front. So I'm not quite sure where I'm going with this other than to say like everybody's situation is different, you know, and I feel like we've gotten in on the market here. So I I feel pretty fortunate. I feel blessed. I feel lucky to be able to live here. But, you know, even as home prices increase, you if you're a longtime local of these more expensive places, you could say, well, my home is appreciated rapidly. I could sell and then buy a place outright in one of these towns. You know, that's definitely an attractive idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. You could hop from up and coming destination to up and coming destination. Seems like a good strategy. Yeah. I mean, there's, I think one of my takeaways from doing this list is that there are 
bunch of really cool mountain bike towns that don't have to be super expensive. Whereas when we were first looking at moving, I mean, we looked at a lot of the big name destinations and one, you know, place that was on our list was park city. We go to park city and we're like, there's no way we could ever move to park city, you know? (laughs) And I was just really encouraged to discover all these really cool towns with really great mountain biking. that doesn't have to like absolutely destroy you. And again, like even the top 10 towns on our list and the top 10 towns on our runner up list, all of them came in below the national average for cost of living index, which I think is pretty incredible. That means there's a lot of great mountain bike towns out there that hopefully you can afford. So I think that's encouraging. Yeah, that's great. I mean, it just goes to show you that with a little bit of creativity and some research, which you've thankfully done for everyone already, uh, you can find somewhere that's affordable and that has great mountain biking. That's all we have on the topic of affordable mountain bike towns. Remember, you can always get information about mountain bike trails anywhere in the world on singletracks.com. And you can also read Greg's article about the most affordable mountain bike towns to get a little bit more data and information uh, for your own research. Finally, if you're enjoying the Single Tracks podcast, we'd love for you to rate us on iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcast from. That's all we've got this week. Talk to you again next time. Peace.